start using cutting-edge warp speed 5G technology with your cell phone. Let me tell you about my friends at MobileMobile.io. They have an ultra-fast 4G LTE and 5G network that covers 99% of Americans. So they've got you covered everywhere. Think about it for a moment. You have the opportunity to take a test drive for 10 days with unlimited talk, text, and premium data. What is premium data? Premium data is an allotment of a cellular data that you receive from a higher priority on the network. You won't get throttled like you will with some of those, well, non-brand service providers. To find out more information, all you have to do is go to mobilemobile.io. That's mobilemobile.io to start your 10-day free trial. This show is brought to you by Safety FM. Well, hello and welcome to another round of the Jay Allen Show. Anyways, how are you doing on this fantastic week? I have to tell you the element of surprise that you have delivered in regards of the episode of the sample plate. I have just been in total shock in regards of the response that I have received about it. I did not know that so many people were going to like it. So many people were going to enjoy, you know, getting a little bit of of the sample of what we do here on Safety FM. You know, the radio station and the podcast network of the aspects of everything that we do in a form of communication that's related about safety. So I guess with that being said... I sat back and said, well, if everyone seemed to enjoy it so much, why don't we give you a few more samples of what we actually have to offer here? So sit back and relax and take a listen to this episode, a sample plate, and we'll call it a part two of what we have going on right here in the radio station. And I think to start it all off, We're going to start off with our own in-house hop nerd, Sam Goodman. Take a listen now on this sample plate of the Jay Allen Show, showing you what we have on Safety FM. Take a listen. In the mix. mix. But today I wanted to talk briefly about one of our favorite subjects here, and that is this notion of rules. And we are so obsessed with rules in our organizations. I've been having this conversation. Excuse me if I get a little bumpy here. I'm adjusting my microphone. Um, I've had this conversation an absolute ton, and you probably do too, right? That something bad happens, something goes boom, right? We ultimately connect those dots back to someone either not knowing that a rule existed, uh, knowing that a rule existed, and choosing to be neglectful, choosing to not follow that willful choosing to be willful in violating that rule. Or a lot of times we'll just be like, you know, that rule wasn't clear enough or that rule didn't exist. We need another rule because if there was a rule, this would have never happened. If we just took time to write down those magical words on a magical scrap of paper that then goes into our organization's Bible, our rule book, 
And then we measure folks against that rule for accountability reasons. And when we find them not following that rule, we beat them and shame them and blame them and fire them and all, all that kind of sort of stuff. We pour justice down upon them. Uh, then all, all will be fine. And it never is. Right. Am I wrong in saying that, that, that rules really don't do what we, what, what we would like to believe that they, that they could do. <laughs> That's probably, probably the best way to put that, I guess. You know, my mind automatically goes back to kind of a normal societal problems or just societal things that we try to conquer, right? And I think about speeding, right? And that's an example that's used a bunch, right? We have speed limits and, you know, I don't know. Let's, let's think that one through for just a second. If, if there's a speed limit that says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak American here, miles per hour, <laughs> if, if, there's, if there's a road that's just straight, wide open, you know, Arizona, let's, let's talk Arizona Road. So some of my friends listening have probably been here. Um, wide open, 12 lanes on each side, not another car in sight. And then the speed limit sign says 35 miles per hour. How likely am I going to travel within that range? Um, I can tell you that I, I'm personally not a speeder. I, I'm just kind of, kind of not. I know that I am, so I kind of do stuff like set my cruise control and do kind of some other, other things, right, to try to keep from getting a ticket. Uh, Arizona's kind of rough on that, by the way. Don't speed when you come to Arizona. <laughs> Back to rules. <laughs> but um, if it says 35 miles an hour, and I'm in my mind, I'm going, what the hell? 35 miles an hour. I'm the only car on the road. It's a straight shot. For as far as I can see from from where I'm at in Arizona, I can see into California and there's not like a turn. There's not a stop sign. There's not another car. Why the hell do you expect me to do 35 miles an hour? Number one. Number two, I'm not going to do 35 miles an hour. I'm going to weigh out that risk in my own mind and I'm going to do what I think is best in this particular situation. And in my mind, 35 miles an hour is probably not going to be that right. It's, it's probably not going to be that. We'd like to think that if once we enumerate that, once we put that down on paper, once we put up the sign that says, you know what, you have to wear 14 different types of gloves all at once because of safety, and you just better do it, that that's, that's just what people are going to do. And that's not going to be how that works out. It's never going to work out like that, right? It's never going to work out like that. Back to our kind of societal things. You look no farther than the United States' war on drugs. And not to, not to get too political here, but let's just say that it's not worked out. Drugs, drugs have won. The, the war on drugs, right? <laughs> By far, drugs have won the, the war on drugs. And so what you end up with, you know, societally, we end up with a bunch of nonviolent drug offenders locked in cages because we had a rule that says you can't have a certain substance on you, right? Or, or on you or in you, or that you cannot willfully sell that substance to another person that wants to um, willfully buy that substance. So we're going to punish you severely. Some states even got to the point of doing the whole three strikes life thing, you know, so as severe a punishment as you can get. And that never really stopped the problem. That never fixed what we saw as a problem as, you know, the, the drug issue here in the United States. But we like to think in our organizations that we're they're magically different, right? We like to think that we're magically different, that if we can just write enough rules that if we can just oversight hard enough and punish hard enough around those rules, if we can make it so painful for violators, 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 then finally we're going to be able to rule and punish our way 
into better safety performance. But that never actually gets to the heart of the problem. And, and that's the issue here, right? Am, am I saying that rules, rules, am I saying that rules are the heart of all evil as I'm kind of like rambling through this, this thing on rules? Um, again, thought exploration, just sharing with you what's popping in my head around rules at this particular moment. Wait, as I sip my Rockstar Pure Zero. The problem for me is that it doesn't really get to the heart of the matter, right? We, we have something symptomatic. We have an event. We have some poor behavior that we see, and we try to manage that by telling people not to do it, right? <laughs> That's what a rule is. A rule is us writing down. We're, just, we're so serious about telling you not to do it that we're going to write it down and give it to you in a piece of paper that says not to do something. But that doesn't get to the root of why people do stuff, why they do things, right? That, that doesn't get to the, to the heart of the matter, right? You got to understand why people are doing those things to begin with. It's making sense for them to do those things, right? People typically, the vast majority of the time, the vast majority of people, let's just say sane, reasonable people, all of us, the vast majority of, of the people that we work with, work with, work around, right? They do things that make sense to them in that particular moment at that particular time, because if it didn't make sense, they wouldn't freaking do it, right? Rule aside, rule or no rule. It's not like you just all of a sudden go, but you know, this makes complete sense for me to do this, but there's a magic rule that says I better not, so I'm not going to do it. That's, that rarely happens, right? I, I, I cannot think of any situation, most situations in your life, just think to, to your own life where you go, you know, uh, that's, that's the most logical thing to do. And that's probably what I definitely should do. But, you know, there's a rule that says that I shouldn't do that. So I'm not going to do that because of that, that rule. No, that's not what we do. That's not what we do at all. Right. That's never what we do. And so I, I always get back to this point and it's something I've been saying like a ton lately as I have these conversations. It's like, yeah, like a rule is okay. Whatever, whatever. whatever. Rules. Yeah, they're, but they don't solve our problems. Rules never solve our problems. It's this. It's, you don't need more rules. You need more tools. Right? You, don't, you don't need more rules. You don't need more freaking signposts to say, this is what you better not do or else. This is what you better not do or else. You better not do that because we have a rule buried somewhere within our thousand pages of organizational crap that says that, you're, no, that you, you have to wear one glove on Tuesdays. So you better only wear one glove on Tuesdays because, you know, 14 years ago, Bob had something because he wore two gloves and now you have to wear one glove on Tuesdays. <laughs> So there you go. That was Sam Goodman from The Hop Nerd doing the stuff that only he can do right here on Safety FM. Anyway, so there you go. That was one. Let's see what else we can get you into where you can take a listen to some of the samples of some of the things that we have going on inside of the network. I, I have to say, I am still amazed on so many people reaching out to say so many kind things of taking a listen to this. Now, keep in mind, though, if you want to experience this yourself, all you need to do is go to safetyfm.com and you can download our app right there. That is our 24-hour streaming radio station readily available to you. So there you go. You can take a listen, take a gander and going from there. Anyways, I'm going to move you right across the pond as we talk about the next thing here. I am going to bring you the sounds of James McPherson and the rebranding safety podcast. So take a listen now. Let me know what you think and enjoy it on this sample plate, the part two version here of Safety FM. I, I think it's in our it's in our nature, right? When, when you're a geek in one thing, you, you generally there'll be a, there'll be a number of different areas that you can go and geek out in as well, right? 
Yeah, you're just you're just a geek in general. You're just a geek in general, <laughs> definitely. definitely. Yeah, uh, and sorry, I was just going to say, just you, you mentioned like people taking up things and and trying to trying to make the best out of a bad situation, and I guess yeah. that's that's what it's been with safety.ai as well, right? So okay. we, we kind of we kind of started it up um, a year before um, mm-hmm. the whole COVID situation, and then just throughout um, the the whole pandemic era, uh, period. Um, we've been able to um, spend a little bit more time on it just because, you know, we've had the evenings and, and the weekends yeah, and not, yeah, doing, yeah. Not, not doing other things. Um, uh, and, and because it's something that we enjoy, um, that is, uh, so me and my partners and the co-founders, um, we've, we've been able to accelerate. I think I, I don't think that we would be where we are today with it if it hadn't been for the pandemic. Mate, I can relate to that. Me, me and my uh, business partner, we launched Project Melitia mid-COVID mid lockdown we'd actually not met each other face to face um before we had i think we had like three customers and we'd still not met we were do- joint directors of the company and and so on and forth. we'd launched we got people paying the bills and and we were just like you know what we've never actually met how how crazy is that but yeah. covid gave us this opportunity we were talking before covid but we we didn't launch a business obviously we launched halfway through um but we'd never met and then but, but but what covid gave us the opportunity is just time like you say you know in the evenings we're just sitting here so i was just all right i, I do need to spend time with my family <laughs> but other than that let's slot out some times where we can make this work and yeah. you know sometimes you just all three of us are just sitting around going we haven't got anything to do so i'm just like oh man i'm just gonna go and do some work on project Malibian. Yeah. and yeah. you know it's gone nuts and it's just yeah. i'm i'm personally again you know doesn't devalue the kind of the horrible things that have happened to people and the amount of lives we've lost but for me personally in so many ways covid has actually been a saving grace like with my baby girl as well like she was born you know mid-pandemic i've had an extended paternity leave you know because i'm working from home so i'm with her every single day which most men unfortunately or or the the other partner that's not that's, that's going back to work that's having the paternity leave kind of section then you get mm-hmm. two weeks you know yeah. so if you're that if you're that kind of co-parent kind of co-partner that's not the one staying at home you get two weeks covid has given me an opportunity to spend every single day with her it's like yeah. in between zoom calls i can just jump yeah. in have a quick cuddle and then come back yeah. to work yeah, yeah. You, you're never gonna get you never get that opportunity otherwise you would never have got that opportunity so look exactly. I, I, i'm saying to you that i've i've been personally affected by by covid um a, a very close the, the reason we, we we're doing this call now and didn't do it a month ago was because we went through a bereavement and a very close yeah. friend of mine here in in, in dubai unfortunately oh, i'm not doing it um and but but having said that right if if you take some of that that there is obviously huge amounts of sadness across the world and and it's still continuing um, if we bring it back to a to a personal level, there's lots of stories like this, right? Where they've got the people have rediscovered the time with their family, or rediscovered a hobby, um, uh, uh, taken up gardening, or like like taken up other things. And and also um, there's also the other flip side of like the mental health aspect, right? There's people saying that their mental health has deteriorated because of it. But I'm also hearing the opposite as well: is people have now become a lot less stressed. Um, uh, because of work and that, so look, I think that there's 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 good and bad in 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 everything, and you've got to try and make the best of every situation that you get handed, right? And 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 that's what you can do. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, mate. Right, let's get into this then. So yeah. you are doing AI and safety. I'm going to kick us off with a with a very strong statement. 
that I think we, we, I kicked us off in our last chat with, um, but this, this, uh, how do I put this? I, I love technology. Like I love it. I see it. I'm not, I'm not, am I, am I a tech geek? Like I love how I love seeing what technology can do. Like mm-hmm. I just, I'm, I'm just so amazed sometimes when I see something and I'm just like, now that's cool. Now that's really cool. You know? And I, and I love, you know, a great example of technology fixing a problem, a, a great example of technology in COVID is right now, you know, you're yep. going to sit in a pub and they're doing um, ordering, well, in the UK at least, ordering um, your drinks and stuff over the phone. Personally, I'm, I'm a social person, but like I could do with not being social all the time. So sometimes I'm just like, I don't want to get up and go to the bar and do that. Sometimes I do, but I would like the option to just sit on my phone and go, I want this, 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 and this. Thank you very much. Bring it over. Yep. So for me, I'm like, yes and then you know some of the technology like like i say doing photography and stuff i'm just like wow that's amazing the stuff it can do is phenomenal yeah but in safety it makes me a little bit nervous and it's not the tech that's the problem in my Mm -hmm. in my opinion it's not that's not the tech that makes me it's how we use it so i'm seeing a lot of like stuff coming up and i've had loads of people message me and what i'm seeing a lot of precaution and and I think we've spoke about this before is tech being used to just do the same old crappy safety that we've done for so long. Like, Oh, we've got these AI cameras or whatever in, and that's going to highlight when the worker's not wearing PPE and that puts it in their record. And then we, we talk about it in a meeting. So we just punish the worker. And now it's just like, I'm just like, man, this just sounds like some kind of, some kind of like, blade uh blade runner kind of scenario do you know what i mean where we're just gonna have all these cameras just watching workers and then it's like sounds like slave labor and it's just horrible so yeah. i'm really excited about tech but at the same time a little bit nervous that we use it in the wrong way like how, how do, do you what do you, one do you agree and two if you do how do you kind of keep that in mind as you're working yeah. and developing in this space no, look, I completely agree with you, and and it's it's not just in construction. This is an issue, right? It's an, uh, the use, the utilization of of tech cuts both ways in in everything. Um, look at social media, for example, right? Mm-hmm. There's one aspect of it is it helps you keep connected with people around the world, and and then there's so many positive aspects of it. But then you've got things like um, election rigging and and um, uh, reinforcing, uh, yeah, reinforcing um, stereotypes and things like that, right? Reinforcing negative messages and and, and things like that. So look, it and and to, to the sort of crux of it, it's, it's all around people and, and procedures. And, and you touched on it in terms of safety, where, yeah, you've got this fantastic tech and you're talking about vision learning, right? It's a, it's a subset of artificial intelligence where um, you can take photographs uh, or video streams and the computer can automatically start analyzing it and start spotting um, problems and things like that. And one of the biggest sort of touted ones that um, in the infinite wisdom, these, these sort of tech guys have come up with is that, uh, yeah, look, our, our system can spot when people are doing stuff wrong and then you can go and then uh, administer them. And people, that's because these guys are tech guys who, who've come up with a technological solution and are looking for a problem to apply it to, yeah. not the other way around where, okay, we're looking at how do you solve um, uh, safety, right? And safety is about people. It's about people wanting to do the right thing. It's about people not wanting to harm others and, and kill people. And it's about people um, sharing experiences. For me, safety is all about sharing lessons learned, right? You can't, you're never going to be able to get away from things going wrong, right? Just human nature, circumstances, the world, stuff stuff is going to, unfortunately, is going to happen. What you can do, though, is minimize the risk of it happening by eliminating some of it completely 
or by making sure that when it's when stuff does happen, you learn about it. Or when you do good things, you teach other people the, what those good things are. And I think so the, the, that's the sort of angle that we're approaching safety.ai with is we're trying to, one, democratize safety, right? We're trying to make safety everybody's responsibility, not just people with safety in their title. That's something that's really, really important to me. So do you feel a little bit rebranded now through safety? Uh, you know what I'm saying there. That was James McPherson there going around and about. There you go. Anyway, so let's continue talking about what is going on inside of our station here at Safety FM. Keep in mind, you are still listening to The Jay Allen Show. We're just giving you sample plate number two. For this way, you can take a listen to what we have going on inside of the station. Now we will sit back and take a listen to the safety bro himself. From the Safety Bro Podcast, this is Blaine J. Hoffman. Now, I have to tell you, this guy has been doing his thing for some years now, putting it in, putting it out there as you're able to take a listen to what he has going on. Now, let's let's say it this way. This guy definitely has a voice for radio. There is no doubt in my mind as you take a listen. Sit back for a moment and take a listen to what Blaine has to say on his show, the Safety Bro Podcast. Take a, a little small sample of what he has going on. In the mix. You know, not getting good um, three-dimensional motion of their hips. Maybe it's postural on top. There's so many um, different things that are top, down, bottom, up. Who knows? But yeah, usually with aches and pains and grumpies, uh, that actual spot is not the source of the problem. Yeah. And all. you said it earlier when, you know, before we started talking about this topic, but you said that it's not so much, I mean, barring a, a, an automobile accident, some catastrophic, you know, event it's, but these, these grumpy muscles and joints is usually over time is cumulative, right? It's something that you've been doing for a while. Yes. And and here's where I'll put in my own example of my hip again, because um, it was like 2017, um, so easily four years ago, where I first got some grumpy hip. It was kind of sciatic-ish, you know, feeling. I'm like, what is going on? And so me with all my tools, I'm like, let's try this and that. And I really made it super functional. I think I probably could have swept some stuff under the rug, right? I think the body's really good at doing that. You think that you've fixed it, but actually you've compensated around it and you don't really know that. And that's what I've just come to come come to Jesus with of, I just, it's so hard to see on yourself. Um, I'm so much better at seeing it on someone else. So, but the time over time, uh, it finally kind of had its way with me and said, well, it was like driving a car out of alignment for four years. It, it really didn't do me well. So it's that conversation of early reporting and, and you're, and really getting your ego out of it. And I think in blue collar industries, for sure, it's that conversation of you're not being a hypochondriac, you know, <laughs> this doesn't make you a weak person. This makes you aware and what can you do about it? And please try all sorts of things. I've tried the kitchen sink in the last year um, to really be conservative about it. And how can we have that conversation 
more. Wow, that's a great message. That whole, I don't know, you could call it psychological safety, you can call it ego, they, they all apply. But whatever the reasons for apprehension, right, or maybe explaining away, uh, and I tell people this old story, this is back when I first started early in my career when I left the fire department, got into um, uh, working with some uh, a construction company. And there was a foreman who said, if your back isn't hurt, you didn't work hard enough today. That was his benchmark for how hard you worked was how sore you were. And yeah, no pain, no gain. Right. So, I mean, and there's some and that's where we got to be careful. Right. I, I mean, when I exercise, I'm I'm sore. There's good sore and there's bad sore. So there's good pain, bad pain. You know, I don't always like to throw it into pain, but it's a conversation to have. Like, is there such thing? Yeah. That's a sensation that you're experiencing and there's good sensations. There's bad sensation. Isn't that a song? No, that's good vibrations. That's uh, (laughs) a, was that Marky Mark Mark or something like that? Oh my gosh. Let's date ourselves a little bit more. Um, I'm too, I'm way past that. Everybody knows I'm an old fart. So, but you're right. It's being able to say that in that self-talk, that negative self-talk of, oh, people are going to think you're just a big baby or nobody's going to listen to you or it's not that big of a deal. Your body's trying to tell you something. Exactly. And you listen to the quiet voice before it starts screaming, right? Exactly. And it's one that, you know, I've definitely learned over the past year. So there you go. That was Blaine J. Hoffman, you know, not taking the fear of dating himself. That is definitely out there. Anyway, so let's continue talking a little bit more as you're enjoying this sample plate part two of here, what we have going on on Safety FM. So the next one will come from, uh, well, from New Zealand and Australia and a little blender right there. So don't worry about that. But this is the Practice of Learning Teams podcast. Sit back and take a listen to Brett Sutton, Brent Robinson, and Glennis McCarthy and find out what they're up to in this little little sample. Take a listen now. In the mix. In the mix. A tale of organizational amnesia. We have to ask a question. Do organizations have a memory? Or is the memory based on the workers' memories that belong to that organization? When workers leave or move on, do these memories and organizational stories dissipate? We quite often talk about organizational knowledge and organizational learning, but what do these things really mean? Does it really happen? And how can we improve and help organizations remember? To illustrate this story, I'll share an example with you of organizational amnesia. The organization had an industrial accident that led to the tragic death of one of the workers. The accident was a set of circumstances that could have been foreseen. What the people in the plant didn't know is that a similar accident with nearly the same set of circumstances had happened eight years earlier at another one of the organization's locations in a different region. In fact, it was the third time that it had happened. This was only revealed when the work team heard about the accident via a global stand down and shared the story with the team that had the latest accident. The question had to be asked, how could an incident with similar characteristics 
happened three times within the same organization and the organization doesn't remember? Is it because it's such a tragic incident where a worker has lost their life that the organization doesn't want to remember? Or is it because it happened at two different locations that the people in one location remember because of the discomfort and the pain of the tragic life-changing events that resided in their collective memories and they will share this with new workers at their location. However, that story and the intensity of the tragedy isn't shared or can't be shared across the whole organization. By telling these stories and sharing it across the organization, it becomes part of the history of the organization. These tragic stories need to be remembered. It's not to celebrate them, it is to ensure that we learn from them and remember to look for weak signals that lead to the event. As humans have done for thousands of years, storytelling is a vital part of capturing knowledge and making sure that it enters the tribe or organization's memory. In this current era, learning storytelling, helping organizations remember, has become both simpler and more complex at the same time. The reason it's simpler is that we have numerous ubiquitous technologies that let us capture stories. These include social media, podcasting, video capture, SharePoint, websites, etc. Well, that's going to about sum it up for this particular episode of The Jay Allen Show, sampler plate number two. I really do hope that you enjoyed it. I mean, I have to say, I mean, I'm just in shock on how many people enjoyed the first episode. So I guess I'm still in shock halfway through the second episode on what exactly we have going on. Anyways, let me know exactly what you think. Hopefully you're enjoying, you know, this time of year already as we're coming to the end of 2021. Thank you for your time taking a listen don't worry we'll be back with another episode of the jay allen show before too long right here on safety fm and on your favorite podcatcher we'll speak soon want more of the jay allen show go to safetyfm.com the views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based only on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic, recording, or otherwise, without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast, Jay Allen. So do you feel like you're missing out on what everyone is starting to do now, that live streaming thing, and you don't know where to start or what to do? I have the resource and the information to provide to you in regards on how you can stream onto 40 social media platforms all at one time. Yes, that's 44-0 social media platforms all at one time. All you'll need to do is go to safetyfm.com forward slash one. That's safetyfm.com forward slash one. That's O-N-E. So just in case. And you'll be able to start live streaming just like you're hearing people starting to do right now up to 40 social media platforms.